Yeah, I think for the longest time, I mean, even just like your question at the very beginning of what has been your, like, what has been the evolution? I feel like now I'm, st- if I stay, could step back and look at it, that was really like frantic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I jumped from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Like what's going to actually be the fix? What's going to be the thing? But if you don't know what your goal is, then you're never going to, you're never going to be satisfied. Right. Um, mm, that's really great. I like that as an observation um, in yourself. Like, okay, just take a step back. Like, what am I searching for? Why am right. I doing it? Not necessarily what's the shortest path to get me there, but what's the most sustainable, sustainable. like long term? Yeah. 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 Frenzied yeah. and frenetic. And yeah, that's definitely right. words to describe the younger versions of ourselves. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 18 of the Advice Not Given podcast. Today, we are focusing on introducing a three-part series, and basically what we've decided is that as we look at the end of this year, look at December, heading into a new year and a new decade, um, We have been thinking a lot about the things we can and cannot change in our lives. In fact, that's been a theme of this podcast since we started. And um, in seasons or situations where so much does feel out of our control, we decided we wanted to end out this year with looking at a few different areas of our lives where we could take back control and we could have more agency over our actions. So today we are kicking off this series by talking about movement exercise, physical health, and wellness. So Kelly, what are your thoughts on moving more? And I don't mean like PCSing more because we get plenty of that, right? But moving your body. (laughs) Moving your body. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's so important. It's so crucial and it's so time consuming, but it is so important and so crucial. It's so good for like, I mean, everything you guys, we could pull up all the, you know, research and whatever, but you know, it's good for your heart. You know, it's good for your lungs. If you have little kids, you're having to chase them around. So you got to be able to move quickly (laughs) and not injure yourself when you do. Um, It's really good for your mental stability and well-being because you can like hit like a threshold and sort of like clear everything out, like clear out the cobwebs, literally. Um, it's really, really important. And it's also really, really hard to fit in uh, what your idea of fitness or moving should be, um, especially when we get kind of bombarded with noise and life, uh, <laughs> life. And um, then there's some other stuff that uh, we're going to talk about a little bit, like what is fitness culture and like, what is the inspo, you know, all the inspo fitness inspo posts on Instagram? Like, is that the standard? Is that what we're going for? Um, why? Right. Right. Everything we talk about, what is our, why, why are we doing this? Why are we putting ourselves through this torture and making sure that our motivations are in check? Right. Well, real quick, before we start, I would love for both of us to just give nothing super detailed or specific, but kind of walk me through like, Kelly's fitness journey, like were you active as a kid? Where did you hit like a peak of athleticism or activity? Have you had any lulls or periods where you have just been, that's been the last thing on your list and kind of like, where are you today? So share that and then I'll give a little overview of mine too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So cool question. Um, yeah, I was, you know, regular kid outside outdoorsy, you know, like play, run through the woods, whatever. Um, played soccer, not well when I was younger, but got better. (laughs) Played in high school, played every season, you know, did like classic or it was our like club version and then varsity for four years, loved it, adored it, but I got really burnt out um, by the time I went to college. So there was an opportunity, maybe, I mean, I wasn't like super good. And this has to do with me being a five, I think. Like I was always kind of, I was good enough to hold my spot on the team, but not Mm -hmm. like amazing. I wasn't trying to shine. I actually hated running. So I played in the back. (laughs) So like, and what's so funny, Claire, oh my God, I'm just not realizing this. So if anybody's familiar with soccer, I played sweeper. So typically the goalie is sort of the, um, the eyes of the team. And like the goalie is sort of like the captain, the coach, she can, she can see the whole field and kind of like direct people and like, you know, shout orders and whatnot. Our goalie was great, but she was kind of quiet. And so I took over, I was like the next person in front of her. Mm -hmm. So I was like the strategy sort of mouthpiece of the team, Mm. Um, you know, shouting out like switch sides or you got somebody coming up on your left or, you know, like, you know, in our like language or whatever. Um, and what was really good is I could see the angles when people were coming in to try to score. And I figured out the most efficient route to get to them because I hated running. There so, you go. Strategy. <laughs> all and- about like <laughs> minimal effort for max impact. Um, yeah. Loved it. But okay. Yeah. So, but got a little burnout. And also, honestly, if I'm being real, like I was a little intimidated about playing in college. Um, right. I didn't want to risk not making the teams. Um also, just some of the the girls that I met that played sports in college, that was all they did. Right. They like became so consuming. dream soccer. I'm like, okay, this is lame. We're here in college. I don't want to do this all the time. Um, so did you have like a period of rebelling against any activity once you kind of like gave that well, up? Yeah, I mean, college yeah. <laughs> was uh, focusing on, on other things and having fun and not necessarily yeah. being fit. But I didn't struggle with you know, I was blessed with a decent metabolism, so I didn't right. struggle with anything uh, too terrible and could get it in check if I needed to right. go into the school gym or whatever. Um, in adulthood, that became, you know, just watching the scale creep and then I would go do something about it, right? right. Like it wasn't like a, I got to work out. This is how I live my life. It was more like, Ooh, it was reactionary. Little... Like it yeah. wasn't even motivated by like all the good you saw from it. It yeah, was more I of like, know. oh shoot, the and, scale. Anesthetic. I mean, let's be right. real, right? Like it was like, oh, I don't want to wear a bikini this summer if I'm looking like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to the Globo gym and, you know, whatever. Um, at some point I started running, tried that for a little while. I even did barefoot running because oh, wow. I'm trendy like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the five finger shoes, like I was that girl. Super annoying. I read this book once and it said that if you <laughs> wear the shoes with the toes, it's better for your feet. And, right. You know, I can get like evangelistic about it, anything. Um, and then comes CrossFit. So I did CrossFit for a while. Uh, my husband is still very much into CrossFit and, you know, fitness and just like hardcore craziness. Um, I did it for a while and then it just honestly, it became too challenging for me time-wise and mm-hmm. financially. Yeah. So when we we left California to come to DC a few years ago, the gyms in DC were so expensive, so far away, and I was so intimidated um by starting out in a new gym that I just didn't do anything for like a year. We had a rower right. so I would row occasionally. Um yeah. and now 
I've left CrossFit, not like I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't gotten back into it. And then um, I have a Peloton bike. So that's my entire journey. Like now that's I'm, your journey. I'm that's awesome. freaking obsessed with my Peloton. So okay. yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So like you, I grew up active, like outside. We were always into sports, but um, very much like at the YMCA county park kind of level. <laughs> and that was yeah. like a family culture kind of thing. My dad had played. Um, college basketball. So like sports were just kind of our thing as a family. Like you, I also played soccer, but I think I played it very poorly. Um, I have a claim to fame that one time in high school, my coach pulled me out of the game and had me take off my jersey to give it to the goalie who he was pulling from goalie to put back out on the field. (laughs) So that's like my, that's my soccer story. Um, but I ran track a year in high school. I was a cheerleader for a year, like just always active, got to college, continued to be very active, lived for intramurals, um, in college did, um, a certification to become an aerobics instructor. I don't know if you guys remember the step aerobics craze, but (laughs) I actually worked at the Y as a lifeguard and an aerobics instructor. And then, um, when Ryan and I started dating, like activity and fitness was very much a part of our budding relationship. We would play tennis and racquetball and basketball and like hang out at the, um, at his college gym because he was in graduate school at the time and had that ID card. (laughs) So we could get in. Um, and then I would say like, since we've been married and I have been a mom, I have enjoyed activity, but I have not had like a passion and a, I haven't been motivated. Like I've been motivated, but it's always been like, I need to just get out and like take a walk. I need to have fresh air. Um, when they were little, I would utilize childcare, free childcare at the Y or other oh, gyms. Yeah, for sure. Um, yep. And then of course, as we have Uh, since we've been in the military and this is such an excuse, but I have homeschooled our kids. And so like, it's been very hard for me to dedicate two hours away from home um, Mm -hmm. to a gym. And so right now, like the past several years, I'm getting it in when I can outdoor walks on post gyms that are free community centers with treadmills and ellipticals, some light weights at home, stretching yoga on YouTube. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's, that's just kind of been where I'm at. And I do feel like that 20-year-old Claire that was an aerobics instructor still lives somewhere inside of me, (laughs) but I haven't been able to let her out in a while. Well, so, but why do you feel the need to get out and move? Like, what is your motivation? Oh, for me, my motivation is definitely like mental health. It's fresh Mm -hmm. air. It's removing myself from like the inside of our house for a minute. Not that there's anything bad here. I just, I'm an introvert and I need Mm -hmm. to recharge alone. And, um... I have just always loved being outside and fresh air and, and looking up. And so that's been a big motivation. And I feel like since I turned 40, like I'm just realizing like, oh shoot, this is my one body that I have. And (laughs) I, I want to be able to move it as long as I can. So like truly like flexibility and mobility, like that's a huge motivator for me. Yeah, that's so mine. I can't tell yet. Like I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself. Like it used to definitely be, well, it used to be social, right? Mm -hmm. Like it used to be like, oh, I don't want to miss out on the conversation today or like, you know, who's going to be there? What are we going to talk about? And it was like, and it always fluctuates with like when I'm working, how busy I am. Like, do I have two hours to just kill? 
like literally just right. kill. Um, I mean, no, I guess I'm not killing. Like, because it was, I'd made advancement. You know, and I, yeah. it's what was cool about CrossFit is you could see these like markers, right? Like you right. could see progress. Like, oh, I lifted more this time than that time. But I was never, even in soccer, I was never the one that got hurt. I never slide tackled. Like, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I'm not, I'm just not that driven um, in CrossFit. I'm like, there were people that would like work out so hard that they would throw up. And like, and that was kind of like in the culture sometimes. Like a badge of like, honor. Yeah. Like, oh, you really got the most out of your workout. And the, is that the same as those people who are always posting pictures on Instagram of like their ripped, blistered hands from all their barbell uh, snags or whatever yeah, they're ask, called? <laughs> ask me how many times I've ripped my hands, Claire. How many? <laughs> exactly zero. No, no. I am not. If I got the first little hint of a blister, I'm like, I'd take a week off. Okay. Yeah. I'm out. Like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and like Andrew comes home and he gets mad when he rips because apparently that you need the callus. Right. Like the callus <laughs> is good to have. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, and like, and he he's like all down on himself if he doesn't have them, like if they go Aww. away. Because he's like, I built that for so long. Like that was like literally blood, sweat, and tears. I'm just yeah. like, that's weird. But yeah, yeah, so no, people would work out so hard they'd be throwing up, whatever. And I'm just like, Mm-mm, no, I'm not here for that. Like literally, like <laughs> I, that's not why I'm here. Like I'm here to socialize, maybe sweat a little, um, and be able to eat the things that I want to eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not have to worry about you know things spiraling out of control. So, but yeah. now I don't know. So now I'm not getting the social aspect out of it um, because I just don't have the time. Yeah, like, I literally do not have two hours to kill. At all. So now I'm able to like literally grab a water bottle and a pair of socks, walk upstairs. I could be done in 20 minutes if I want. And I've now, now I will say I am also the person that dreads it. I don't want to do it. Like I'm not thinking, I don't get up in the morning like, yay, I get to go work out today, which I wish I was. I wish I did. I need to get there. But to me, it's like, I still feel like an obligation to Mm -hmm. do it and not not for body reasons or aesthetic reasons, maybe like 10, 20% are aesthetic reasons. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's, I don't feel like if I've reached the end of my week and I look back and I haven't had a workout in, I feel like I'm starting a bad pattern and I'm not going to have the best quality of life um, yeah. going forward. So I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I've never, that's, this is new for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. And I don't want to go too deep in the wood, woods, weeds on, um, like body image issues or anything like that. But I will say like there was a time that I was much more motivated by that. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like just super afraid that like if I didn't exercise and I didn't do A, B, C, and D, then, you know, it was like a self-worth issue. And um, mm-hmm. I guess I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, well, it is what it is with my body. <laughs> and there right. is plenty that I can do. But I think, and this is probably a whole other episode, but I guess since becoming a mom, like it's just felt really selfish and indulgent to say that I'm just going to go abandon every responsibility mm-hmm. I have for two hours a day, five or six days a week to go exercise. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. Ryan does do that. He exercises at least an hour and a half to two hours every day. And he t- tells me, you know, this is, and it is, it's part of his job as an active duty military service member right. to stay in yeah. literally like he gets weighed and taped and has PT tests. Um, but I guess I've always just kind of felt like, well, I don't have that luxury. I can't go be gone for two mm-hmm. hours a day. Um, and to that, he says, well, yeah, you can. Like, you make time for what is important to you. <laughs> and so um, he's not wrong, but like, I've never figured out a consistent way to fit it in. Um, 
like every day at 5 a.m. or I don't know. I've continued to stay active, but it's like I said, it's just here and there and piecemealed. Yeah. Have you ever done a marathon or trained for any kind of race and a marathon? Okay. Whole you might want to sit down for this. Yes. I've done a few five days. And when I lived in El Paso, I walked a half marathon. <laughs> so God, how long yeah. did that take? <laughs> Is that like a five hour? Well, thing? no, it wasn't. What it, there's this huge mountain that goes across El Paso. Um, and it was called the Trans Mountain Half Marathon. So it was seriously like 7,500 feet elevation. So it wasn't like you were just walking down a straight street for 13.1 miles. And I did run some of it, but um, I trained to walk it, which was, I still think is, you know, pretty impressive. Yeah. When did, what, how old were you when you did that? I'm curious. So, I would have been like 36 probably. Okay. So I've stumbled across this um, this research and they were talking about this thing called the nine enders. And apparently mm. marathon participation spikes at ages 29, 39, 49. Mm. Like it is- Bucket list kind of things for people before All they start a new decade. Yeah. And so and <clears> this <throat> is another thing. And I'm now I'm thinking like maybe this is why we kind of subconsciously chose these topics because we're at 2019. We're at the yeah, end, end of, of the a decade. decade. So, it's something about like, you know, ending a chapter, moving on to the next one, um, that mm-hmm. we become more motivated. And it's not about like training to win the marathon. Right. It's just doing it, like accomplishing it. And yeah. then when you turn 40 or 50 or whatever, those numbers plummet. Like people don't do them when they're <laughs> in yeah. the 30, 40, 50 decades. Um, but again, it'll spike again at 49, yeah. like the nine ending number. I think it's so cool. Well, and see, um, this was so funny because it, it was two other ladies and our husbands were deployed or had, I'm trying to think, they were either deployed or they had just gotten back or just about to leave. I can't remember, but it was like a metaphor of like, we're going to cross this mountain kind of thing. Aww. So it wasn't even as much about like the physical activity. It was more of like, I can do mm-hmm. this. Like I, and, that just happened and, and it's a, yeah, it's like a, a marker in my life. Like when I think Aww. I can't do something hard, I look back and think I, I climbed a mountain. Yeah, I can do this. Oh, that's so, really cool. That's cool. Yeah. So the most I've done is the I did the Army Ten Miler once. That's um, big. I had all these friends, and this was after babies. Um, yeah, I gained a lot of weight with my first kid, and like it was just not not a good look for me, like body wise, like health wise. Like I right. was like out of breath, everything I did, you know, I knew. And plus my, my social group at the time were all runners. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to do now. So yeah, I would, we'd run on treadmills at the gym cause they had childcare. Um, and I did a couple of five K's and was okay at them. Like I was not fast or okay, but I could do it. I could accomplish it. Right. So then they're like, okay, well let's do the 10 miler. And I know in the military community, that's the thing that you do. Like it's right. a fun, it's a neat run. It's in DC runs you through all like the monuments and stuff. It's really cool. Um, really inspiring too. Um, but I did it and everyone's like, oh my God, you're going to finish it. You're going to get the runners high and you're going to immediately look for a half marathon to sign up for. And people nope. do halves, they immediately look for, you know, the mar- So I finished it and everyone's like, how do you feel? I was like, I'm pissed off. Yeah. Like I'm actually physically angry right now. Like I don't, I don't, I did not enjoy that. Yeah. It was too hard. It took me too long. I feel like I wasted that time in my life. It was a slog to get there. Like the whole process was not enjoyable for me at all. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. And I ran it with Andrew and I have this weird, I'm really self-conscious about everything around yeah. him for some reason. It's because he's basically like this Adonis of a person and like right. really fit and can, can like we did the, the Cooper river bridge run one year and I'm at the end. It's like a six mile. It's a 10 K and 
I'm at the end and I'm dying, like literally dying. Don't know how I can keep going, but I and can't he finished stop it walking. And ran back three miles to get no, you. He ran, no, he, he insisted on running it with me, which is super Aww. sweet. But I was so I would so much rather of him not because right. I was so self conscious of my pace, and you know he would like try to coach me because he's a coach at heart. Right. And I'm like, you can't, don't like, don't talk yeah. to me. At one point he answered the phone. He was having a conversation Not with someone winded. on the yeah. phone at the end of this run. And I was just, ang- I was angry. Like I was just so mad. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. So we've, we've had to disentangle ourselves from fitness and uh, physical That's endeavors. True. Cause I am not mature enough, I think to handle his yeah. not criticism, but his advice, critiques, whatever. I just can't. I can't. So (laughs) well, this should make you feel a little bit better. Probably a year or so ago, we had been here at this assignment. Ryan was like, please come to the gym with me. Like he wanted Uh to just like hearken back to old times when we used to do that. And um, I have been out of the gym, like weights and that kind of thing for so long. We went and I started crying while we were there. Like I was in like in front of a mirror doing some like dumbbell exercises. And it was it was the realization that we have um, we have moved so far apart, like in physical shape. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like your husband, like like yeah. you know, muscle man and like super fit. And like here, I just felt like this sludge of a person, and like it just pointed that out to me. And um, he's, so he's like, "Why are yeah. you crying?" And I was like, "Well, it's, this is like truly like bringing up a lot for me, just right. body image issues and." Um, it wasn't really about him. It was about me. But right. um, so right. yeah, that was right. painful. So maybe that's a good segue to talk about. And maybe a runner can can chime in here. Um, because I do feel like people who run have, like, they're just motivated in a way that others of us are not motivated. But like, right. as we have aged, maybe it's that we're figuring out how to be more gentle with ourselves. And like, mm-hmm. maybe we're not driven by a number on the scale or a bikini fitting in a bikini, but may- maybe now it's moving toward a more gentler care for ourselves. And that being a motivation for why we do need to move more. And if you yeah. don't know what those things are that bring up that peace or that um, reprieve or whatever it is you're looking for, like how do we figure out what those things are movement wise and exercise wise? Yeah. I think for the longest time, I I mean, even just like your question at the very beginning of what has been your, like what has been the evolution? I feel like now if I stay, could step back and look at it, that was really like frantic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I jumped from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Like what's going to actually be the fix? What's going to be the thing? But if you don't know what your goal is, then you're never going to, you're never going to be satisfied. Right. Um, mm, That's really great. I like that as an observation Um, in yourself. Like, okay, just take a step back. Like, what am I searching for? Why am I doing it? Not necessarily what's the shortest path to get me there, but what's the most sustainable? Sustainable. Yeah. 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 Frenzied and frenetic. And yeah, that's definitely words to describe the younger versions of ourselves. Hey friends, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about another project that Claire and I have poured our hearts into. You see, we met a few years ago online. I know, it's crazy. We bonded over the fact that we were in similar phases in our lives. We were both married to military service members, and we both found the same tool to be instrumental in helping us work through understanding our experience in a more healthy way. So 
Claire being a teacher and me being, well, a tinkerer, we put our heads together and created a course to help other military spouses recognize the unique stressors that we face, understand our own coping mechanisms and where they come from, start to identify your own personalities and egocentricities, and then embrace a more authentic path forward. So what is this tool you're wondering? Well, if you've listened so far, you've heard us talk about it already. It's called the Enneagram, and we want to introduce you to it and help walk you through it as you discover your own type. So our course is called the Becoming Your Own Guru e-course. It includes close to three hours of video instruction. The Becoming Your Own Guru workbook is a 17-page downloadable guide that is filled with diagrams, definitions, reflection prompts, and exercises to help you work towards embracing your identity. There's also downloadable audio files for all of the lectures, so you'll be able to put those MP3 files directly into your podcast player. If you're interested in learning more about this oh-so-popular tool, head over to the website. That's milspogurus.com and click on the e-course tab for more information. And now back to the show. So what does that look like for our listeners? Like, let's say somebody is listening in, they've had a similar journey to ours. They're in a place now of like, gosh, you know, I know I need to exercise. Um, I know I need to, you know, factor that in and plan that in to my day and my week. How do I do it? Like, what, Mm -hmm. what do I, where do I start? Well, so it's, you know, we have this term called landscape analysis when you're looking at like new business ventures or new, you know, whatever, whatever you're trying to search for. So I would say get a good handle on like what's available to you. Right. What are the different modalities? Like what are the things that are, that you have access to either in your home through on demand and internet streaming services now are like crazy awesome and super accessible now, which is good because we don't always have the most amazing CrossFit gym or the the climate (laughs) and the weather to run or whatever it is. Um, So, you know, to kind of take an inventory of what's available to you and then more than anything, like figure out what it is that you're looking for. Um, Movement should be the baseline. That should be the underlying goal. Like these are the, this is how I'm going to accomplish the thing is by moving and getting my heart rate up and getting a sweat in, um, you know, maybe strengthening my muscles and bones, but what is it that you're looking for? Is it community, mm-hmm. right? Is it, um, is it mental like headspace? Like, do you need solitude while you're doing this? Do you need like you with your walks? Like, do you need to just tune everything out? Like, what is it that feeds you in that moment? And then try to figure out something that fits into that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's funny because you as a five, you listed all the things that could be done at home and remotely and That's online. Even. And I'm thinking, <laughs> go and look, what are the schedules at all the gyms on post? And where are the group fitness classes? And when are they offered? And who's a yep. neighbor that might want to keep you accountable and walk with you in the mornings? Oh, or <laughs> Yeah. So, and to that point, we all have a bias. Right. But I also um, think but- some of that is season of life too, because I know there have been times where like, I don't want to work out at home. The whole point is to leave so I can like go be somewhere else or flip side. I can't leave. I need this to be at home because I need yeah. it you know, for whatever reason. So yeah. Yeah. And so I have this weird hybrid now of both. <clears throat> right. So I really do enjoy the social aspect of going to the gym. I don't like breaking that seal though. Like, I mean, who does, right? It's uncomfortable to go to a new gym be like, hey, I'm the new girl for me. Okay. Right. Let me take that back. This is my bias. Maybe you're more comfortable doing this and some people might be, but I like hate, I need to go with somebody. I need somebody that knows the ropes. You know, I need to, I don't want to raise my hand and say, I don't know what that movement is. Um, and 
CrossFit specifically is super intimidating, I think. Um, it's really not once you peel back the layers, but I think from the outside looking in, and this is something I always yeah. talk to Andrew about because he's just an enthusiast um, to the nines. But um, I'm like, okay, but if you're someone who maybe just had a kid or you know new in a community and maybe don't feel like you have the CrossFit body, because there's definitely a CrossFit body. Yes, there is. Um, <laughs> It is really intimidating to walk into that kind of space. And they're complex movements. Let's be real. Like this mm-hmm. isn't step aerobics, no offense, but it's no. not. Like actually yeah. I couldn't do step aerobics either. <laughs> that was too that was way too hard for me. Um but yeah, like walking into those environments can be really intimidating. Now, once you get in and once you put your work in and do this do the workout and sweat together as a group there is something really profound that happens well that's um, what they so, that's the whole what what it's all built upon really isn't yeah, it like the yeah suffering yeah. together or something i mean yeah hmm i'd be i'd be I'd be interested to get a CrossFit person in to talk about this from my point of view it didn't necessarily start that way but it has it's almost like an unexpected byproduct yeah, um, and people to be have clear, accused. I've never stepped foot in one. All I'm basing this on Instagram things I've seen okay, on, okay. online. <laughs> like, to me, it's yeah. like everybody writes their name on the board and all these numbers and letters beside it that I have no clue what those mean. And like, <laughs> there's a lot of high fiving and a lot of you know getting behind yeah. of a friend of like, you got this, come on. Like, right. I feel like that's what why people. I mean, there's a lot of reasons people keep coming back to that, but that has to be mm-hmm. part of it. You're missed I think if you don't is. show up. And like, and maybe that's why I have avoided it. Cause like, I don't want somebody to point out my weakness and like, I don't believe Aww. that I have the, cause I'm like, well, you know, I need three sports bras to like really be jumping around and I lower back. It's been hurt before. And I don't yeah. think I want to like jump up on a box. And <laughs> but really it's yeah. like, I probably need somebody to be like, Get your lazy butt out here and jump up on this box ten times. Well, so what you would do is you'd step up on the box. Yeah, and well, so actually, CrossFit's just gone through a bit of rebranding um, that has been a little controversial, actually, because they um, they got really big really fast, and right. they became kind of all about the athlete, right? The professional right. athlete. Again, back to the CrossFit body. So they have this big competition every year. It's called the CrossFit Games. It's supposedly open to everyone, but let's be real, like <laughs> there are not that many people that can work out full time. Like in the people that make it in the game, like that's their job. They're professional athletes. They have sponsors and, you know, all this. So it got really big. The media department that they had was huge. Um, Greg Glassman's the guy who came up with the whole thing. I'm not sure why, and I don't know if I know enough about it to talk um, in depth, but he essentially said like, no, this isn't what we're doing. Like we're getting away from our original mission. And that is to make sure that people can continue to move into old age. Mm-hmm. Also, comma, Greg Glassman is creeping up there in age. So yeah. I think he's starting to like take a more holistic viewpoint because of the fact that he is getting up there in years. And I don't know if he can do the workouts like he used to. So yeah. now the advertising and everything is kind of more centered around, um, honestly, like, grandparent aged people like in their 60s and 70s who are learning to squat so that they can get up and down out of a chair yeah um so it's all about functional fitness right and so before it was very like what happens if a bear attacks you in the woods what are you gonna do (laughs) what happens if you fall getting out of the shower how are you gonna stand back up No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so, and you know, the, the hardcore, they call them fire breathing athletes are, are not loving the shift because it's 
um, taking a little bit of the focus away from the competitiveness of it. But I think what he's trying to do is reinforce the community aspect. So case case in beautiful point, my mother-in-law does CrossFit. Um, It's so cool. And I have to tell you, and she'll tell you herself, but her mobility has increased. Um, Otherwise, what, I mean, this is her, these are her people now. And it's, I think it's adorable because her people are like, Mid twenties, early thirties, oh, yeah. and like no families, no kids. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's so funny that you're like she knows more like lingo than I do now, like millennial speak. Um, and they love her, and it's super inclusive of her. They make accommodations for her. The whole everything is supposedly scalable, but she's finding community there. She's also really confident in knowing that she knows how much she can deadlift. You know, she knows how she's going to get up now. She has to be way more cognizant of injuries, so she's got to take it upon herself to moderate. But otherwise, it has really, really benefited her in like tremendous ways. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's something to, to be said there for that. I also, though, have to continually come back to the fact that you got to move gyms. Like, so we have to move. And the reason that I fell out of the community is because yeah. I had to pick up and I left the gym that I loved and I didn't feel like I could ever replace that. But wouldn't you say that that's probably true for other modes too? Like you're a Zumba girl or you're into yoga and like you get, you get that family or I know in our um, previous assignment, there's these burn boot camp places and again, becomes Mm -hmm. like this little family. Um, So yeah, there's that definitely that piece of having to relocate and set it all up again somewhere else. I love your example of climbing a mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to tie back to Richard Rohr, our favorite, little monk, um, teacher, uh, he was talking on one of his podcasts and we'll link to it. It was a great episode about, uh, togetherness and like inclusivity and not othering people. Right. So how do we do that? How do we find community and groups of people and find belonging? Because ultimately that's what we're all looking for. Right. Um, so he talks that one of the co-hosts, you know, talk about different groups, um, that have, Unintentionally forged community, I think, um, in lieu of a church community that they found um, conducive to their, you know, values or whatever. So we're talking about bars, right? Yeah. There are people that go to like a brewery. You know, I mean, look, we have a brewery farmers market every Sunday that people go to, and it is a thing. You go every week. You bring your families, like it's a thing. People that go to rock concerts, people that are theater going, like like minded people, travel baseball it. team families. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. the list could go on and on and on because like finding a community of like minded people automatically gives you something to adhere to um, socially, and then um, hopefully you know makes you feel safe in some way. And fitness obviously runs into that. So you've got running clubs and you have people that bicycle together, like outside actually, and bikes that go places. Um, you have, right. But funny enough, the word Peloton is actually what they call the grouping of bicycles um, on a team. Okay. So they're trying to kind of manufacture the same feeling, even though you're on a stationary bike in your house that goes nowhere watching a TV screen. So there's still yeah. that underlying drive that they're trying to get to. Um so I love what he also says about, um, and this I thought immediately thought of CrossFit and other endeavors that are just hard. And he says, when you make the doorway or the access point vulnerability, you gather a completely different kind of clientele. And what he's talking mm. about is like group members. Yeah. Um, so it's essentially, you're not seeking sameness, but through the vulnerability or the pain, you're seeking growth and you're seeking growth together in concert mm. with a group of people. Oh, yeah. And that is. 
huge. Mike so drop, Richard. Right? I know. I know. I love him so much. So he did, though, caution. And so he's he's the frame that I'm putting this in is a little different than the way they were talking um, because he did have kind of a caution overlying the whole thing. And that is that if you too intensely attach your identity to these groups, beware that you can lose them. And you can also then become and start to other people that don't participate in your activity. Right? Yeah. So if, if CrossFit people are like, well, you don't do CrossFit. You don't really, are you really, do you really lift bro? Like that kind of thing. And you can start to create your own little, you know, exclusive group um, because of the sameness and because we feel safe. So you have to make sure that you're still like open um, and, you know, aware of the fact that other people would like to come in and maybe don't feel like they can because you've gained so much strength or group or growth. I mean, yeah. yeah, you've gained so much like you put up boundaries that they can't get through. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was lovely. That's great. Love that aspect. Yeah. I love that too. I love that. Well, let's do go back and touch on our advice from episode 17 on friends. Um, I had given myself the advice or the, the task of texting three friends that were local and kind of telling them what they meant to me and three friends that I have, you know, maybe, distance is now separating us and it's more of a long distance thing. And I did do that. And um, it took almost no time for me to just shoot a a quick little text of like, hey, how are you doing? Um, Miss you or hey, I just want you to know that like you and your friendship helps me get through the day or has helped me get through this duty station. And um, so yeah, it was it was mutually beneficial because I got the the dopamine hit of just thinking and reflecting on um, good friendships and also the dopamine hit of hearing them, you know, respond favorably. And hopefully they got a good little high and happy from hearing um, encouragement and affirmation. So so sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so my, mine isn't necessarily advice, but it's a little more info. Um, yeah. Of course, I shared this on our Facebook page because I just love this article. You know how stuff like comes at you when you focus on something for a while? Right. It's almost like, it becomes, there's like universal synchronicity, synchronicity right. or something like, okay, you want to talk about friends? I'm going to throw your feet. And also it could be just Mark Zuckerberg, like, oh, you're talking about friendship. Exactly. All the articles. Yeah. <laughs> um, AI is amazing. So anyway, this study um, a few years back, University of Kansas did, decided that it takes about 50 hours of socializing with a person to go from acquaintance to casual friend. 50 hmm. hours, five zero. Yeah. Um, an additional 40 hours to become a real friend. So now we're in the 90 hour range to be a real quote friend. Um, and then a total of 200 hours to become a close friend. So I read this and thought like, holy crap, we're screwed. Like yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Hearing those numbers. You know, like running it out. Like that's like, that's like a full-time job almost, right? Like, or that's a coffee date two or three times a week for yeah. several weeks to get to that point. Um, So no wonder it gets harder. Basically reinforcing it's hard the older we get and the less time we have. However, comma, as a positive, this was super, um, this was just really encouraging for me. Um, And they said, 
if that sounds like too much effort, which it does, especially when we have to start over so often, um, revive, reviving dormant social ties can be especially rewarding. So reconnecting with friends or reconnected friends can quickly recapture much of what much of the trust that they had previously built while offering each other a dash of novelty drawn from whatever they've been up to in the meantime. Mm. So there we go. That's exactly what you just did. You just kind of fed into your time bank of those existing friendships. You're able to catch up and like, you're not just telling each other the same old stories day in, day out, right? Yeah. (laughs) Definitely stays exciting. And I do think we have that opportunity. So take heart, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) New friends. What does it make new friends, but keep the old, right? Like silver, the other is gold. Learn that and go out many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So true. It really Anyway, that's great. I'll drop a link to that. Yeah, I thought that's, I thought it was great. Um, It, again, quantifying what we think is hard. It actually really is hard. Yeah, it is. It is hard. All right. Well, um, in that spirit, let's go ahead and talk about our advice for this episode on moving more. Kelly, do you have any clue like what this is going to look like for you going forward? I, I know do, you're, actually, you're already just like queen of the Peloton and, you know, sweating <laughs> it out. But what's, what's your move? We talk about, wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. Time go ahead. We just share talk it. about the ad. Just share okay. it. Yeah. Have you guys, you guys have to see this ad. I'm sure you have. It's all the talk. I mean, everything on the internet is talking about the ad and it might be old news by the time you hear this, but um, Peloton has always kind of come into uh, a little bit of heat around their advertising efforts being out of touch. I mean, it's an expensive piece of equipment. Um, You can, you can finance it. (laughs) So it costs about the same for me as what a CrossFit (laughs) membership would have cost. So that's how I rationalized it. Um, Also the time aspect we've already touched on. Um, But anyway, they did this new ad. (laughs) this girl and uh, some of the critiques online were like, Oh, she's a 115 pound woman who got a Peloton and got all the way down to 112 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've seen it. I've actually not seen any buzz on the internet. I've seen the commercial uh like 10 times, just holding up her camera, like, all right, like let's do this. And (laughs) yeah. So, okay. Now the kicker is that her husband bought her the bike for Christmas. Um, so (laughs) she does like a selfie montage where it's a year on a Peloton. I think it's hard not knowing the Peloton culture, understanding that I think a lot of people do do the workouts and do the classes and love the instructors for the, um, their, their like wellness focus. And they're like, they're almost like really great yoga instructors, on a bicycle and they have yoga. I mean, they have every kind of type of workout you right. can imagine now, but the instructors are amazing and they're really, um, they're, I mean, gosh, it's almost like pastors or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not to be weird like that, but like <laughs> the evangelists they're really of their tribes. Yeah. They're super encouraging. They're very, um, like, you know, smile. You gotta, Oh my God. My, the one coach the other day said, you get up, you need to get up every morning and be grateful for two things. You opened your left eye, you opened your right eye. Bam, there you go. You can start your day with gratitude. And I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just little nuggets like that. They have their mantras, they have their little cult followings on Instagram and whatnot. And they're just all around like cool, they're cool classes. So, so anyway, what okay. were you saying? What she, they were, the ad's coming under heat because her that, husband bought it for? Because her husband bought it for her is the main one. Like, yeah. as in, like, you need to get your butt in shape kind of thing. You need to work out. Yeah. Ooh. Now, what they're missing, 
honestly, and I'm the first one to jump up and say, like, screw that. You you do not accept a gift that's like dumbbells or, you know, a thigh master or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be grounds for divorce. But also I dropped a lot of hints to my husband. Like I really want a Peloton, but I'm nervous about pulling the trigger because it's so expensive and I'm not the main breadwinner and then and nah. And I needed, I feel like I subconsciously needed his approval on it before I was even right. able to make the purchase. So I get, I can see both sides of that for sure. Well, I was going to um, say if, if Ryan bought me a Peloton, I wouldn't be offended that he thinks I need to get in shape. I would be furious that he spent money and didn't talk to us. You know, we didn't like budget for it or like, it's like the same thing with all these people getting yeah. like a new Lexus with a bow on it. Like yes. what? You just spent $70,000 as a surprise. Oh, heck no. <laughs> I know. So anyway, it is getting attacked from all angles. Let me tell you, like, I don't think some of society can view it as like a mental health thing. Um, They're seeing it as like fitness only, like the only reason people have Peloton is to lose weight. And that's not true. Um, And it actually, well, anyway, it, it is, it is a fascinating conversation. I'm not willing to like stick my neck out on any of the comment threads because everybody has something to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. With any type of negative publicity, it's still publicity. So that's, Listen. you know, they're not hurting too bad, I guess, from it. Well, actually, so I read somewhere that their stock dropped. Like, oh. that was my opinion first, too, was like, oh, whatever. They're laughing their way to the bank. They're trying to be controversial. They're not, like, out of touch. But I think they kind of are. Uh, so maybe <laughs> and, they're going to, like, have a price drop where, like, the average person can, like, get into a Peloton. <laughs> So the the CEO was quoted as saying, like, it's insanely affordable. I'm like, it's $3,000. Yeah, that's not, not insanely And the treadmill is $4,000. So, and a yeah, treadmill wait. on Facebook Marketplace from somebody who bought it two years ago <laughs> but never used it is like 50 bucks. So there's that too. <laughs> exactly. So I'm curious. I'm interested to see how it flushes out. Um, they, yeah. So yeah, their stock dropped like nine points or something, which I mean, I don't really understand if that's huge or not, or if they can recover, but it is notable, notable. that the public does weigh in and the Twitter threads, you guys are hilarious. There is a stinking, amazing parody video that I found. It was so funny. She's like, they're calling it like a dy- a dystopic fitness inspo hellscape was one of oh, the headlines. Lord. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. So anyway, we'll that spend some time there, you guys. It's hilarious. So what's your what's your Kelly advice on the my Kelly moving. advice? Okay, <laughs> um, okay. So I have to do this thing, and I, it's called incentive bundling or temptation bundling. Yep. Um, because, like I said, I don't love getting up and working out, I truly, I feel like in the, like, I just don't have the willpower, right? Like I don't have the motivation, which is why group exercise worked so well for me in the past, because I was like, Oh, I have a date essentially with my friends. Like, I don't want to stand them up. Right. Um, but with the bike specifically, it's like, get upstairs and get on the bike. And then I'm like, but then I'll have to shower. <laughs> I can come up with all the excuses. So what I do is incentive bundle. If I want to maybe have dinner plans and I want to eat pasta, I tell myself, okay, well, you got to ride your bike. Like you got to get a ride in. Um, if I want to have wine on the weekends, okay, well, you got to at least ride four times this week to earn that. Um, so yeah, the um, the definition, just so you guys know, is the idea of bundling together two activities, one that you should do but may avoid and one that you love to do but isn't necessarily productive. So 
try that out. It could be listening to our podcast while doing the laundry, right? Yeah. It's not movement. It's something you want to avoid well, doing. Laundry is but movement. You're bending over and folding stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but our podcast is yeah. not necessarily productive, but it's something that you love. So yeah. try that out. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I love that incentive bundling. I'll have to keep that in yeah. mind. Well, my advice, mm-hmm. um, so I've talked before about my wonderful planner that I love. I use the Get to Work book. And the way it's set up is you identify like three big goals or three main tasks you want to accomplish each week. And then across the top for each day, you kind of have like three, you know, big things you want to get done that day that hopefully feed into what your big three for the week are. And so I've kind of started doing this, but I'm really going to like get on it this week and like hold myself accountable with this advice. One of my three things during the week is to get in three dedicated workouts. And I'm not talking about my daily walk outside. That's just more for my mental health. I want to move and get my heart rate up and sweat. And so I put as one of my goals for the week, three workouts. And then as I'm scheduling out my week on Sunday night for the following week, I am blocking in at a specific time, like an appointment, the three times I'm going to go exercise and where I'm going to do it. For example, a fitness class at one workout center and then two weight workouts at another fitness center. And so I put it in like an appointment and I stick to it because for some reason I see that there and it it's like non-negotiable when it's written in my calendar. Mm-hmm. So that's what and I'm going to do. When it's- when it's in there, you won't encroach over it, right? right? Or book over it because right. it's an appointment with yourself. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. And we've talked about that a little bit before, but like it's just, just a psychological tool that I have to use to say, like, you know, everybody else's stuff on this calendar matters. Well, so does Claire's stuff. And I'm going to mm-hmm. do it and show up and feel good. I love that. Yeah. And you're so good with lists and like holding yourself accountable. So now that you've written it down, it's a thing. It's it going to be a thing for you. I'm, it's I'm excited. It's an appointment. I can. And maybe even, I don't know, I don't do gym selfies. The most I've done is like a picture of my shoes in the gym. <laughs> do a gym selfie. Actually, we should probably do that on Instagram stories. And then you guys can like share yours and let us know how you're moving more. Okay. Uh, especially this season with all the food and all the cookies and all the reasons not to move. All the indulgence <laughs> and all the, uh-huh. yeah. And man, these shorter, darker days are killing me because it's like, yeah. it's 430. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> yeah. Pitch blackout. Yeah. yeah. Well, my kids even last night, we were going tomorrow at six and they were like, I hate that it's dark. It feels like bedtime. I know, y'all. Yeah. That, that would have been my cue. Like, well, all right, let's get you guys in bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.